Hello and welcome to episode 95 of What Most People Think. It is me, Jeff Norcott, the outrageously centre-right comedian, which makes me obviously edgy and all those all those scary things that people on the left can't deal with. Although I think that they can, judging from the people that communicate with me now. I am, well, I've been buzzing since, since when was it, Tuesday off that England game? It is, it's obviously, we've just got to say straight out of the gate, it is coming home. And I haven't felt like that in a while. I, I rewatched the entire game, which in terms of like throwbacks to being a teenager is sort of like, well, it's like wanking into a sock again. So there is a, a horrifically crude joke to start the show with. And on, on that crudity, I'm going to bring in uh, our, our uh, co-host for this episode, one of the quickest people to return as a co-host. It's Nico Yearwood. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. People were demanding that I bring you back very soon, mate. You made an impression last time. Okay. I mean, I don't know what you're supposed That's... to say to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was good to hear. Actually, yeah. a dude did see me at the comedy club and he was like, yo, man, I loved you on um, Jeff's podcast. There you go. Well, there's Just two listeners and, and you've, you've you've met one of them. And he's, <laughs> he's loved the other geezer, not so much. Yeah. But um, but are you, are you into the football at all, Nico? Are you, are you following it? When I can. Because most of the matches in the evening, so I'm at the club, but mm. we watch it on our phones at the club and whatnot. But yeah, when I when I'm free, I watch it. Yeah. So we we talk about the club. Is that obviously you're a big part of the top secret comedy club down there in Covent yeah. Garden, and um, I, I I caught up with you there recently trying out new material. It's a brilliant mm. club. I'd recommend anyone if you're going to be in London to go. But there's a couple of things. The audience are young, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> well, it depends on the night. I think I think the Monday, the Monday and the Wednesday when you try out new material because it's mm. um like one pound entry, lots yeah. of students go. But I think when it's Thursday and Friday and Saturday when you're paying like ten ten pounds and upwards, it's a more a mature. Yeah. yeah, those guys are like twenty, a bit older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what I think, I think it's slightly unfair about Gen Zers and Millennials. Is it's not that you can't offend them, but what I've noticed at that gig, particularly on the Mondays, is I have to warn them that I'm going to offend them. And if I warn them, they're all right. If I go, yeah. oh, by the way, I'm going to say something out of order now, they go, oh, that's fine. As long as long as we had a heads up. <laughs> so I had, I'm such an idiot. I I had an eyesight test about ten years ago. And then about two years ago, I got some glasses, right? Mm. <laughs> That's how long. This is what men are like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years to act on it. I've had those glasses two years, and now my eyesight has got worse since then. But I'm, I'm think I've still got another six years to go, if you get my drift, before I kind of act, act on that. Are you wearing contact lenses? No. No. I just when do you out. wear the glasses? Uh, well... Well, this is going to sound like I'm dropping something here, but recently I've only had to wear them when I'm driving or when I'm doing like TV quiz shows. Because what happened was I got to record one thing. I got all the way up to Glasgow and <laughs> I can't sound like such a wanker now. I got up to Glasgow, sat down to record it and the screen was so far away I couldn't see it. Yeah. So he here is the ultimate you've changed, Jeff, moment. They had to courier my glasses from Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really get to say what most people think anymore, do I? Yeah, but my thing is saying that my camera went off. That's okay, mate. Well, it's back. Yeah, but no, yeah, no, I had my test like uh, three months ago and I still haven't gone to get the glasses because I'm hoping that if I take vitamins and eat right, <laughs> my, my vision will come back. But that's if not going to happen. If you bench but... press a bit more. <laughs> yeah. But just add another couple of uh, clicks to my morning run. But so, yeah. so it's it's not like you're, you know what I mean? Like something's going horribly wrong. Your eyesight's just getting worse. Yeah. But that all filters into, look, dude, you're getting old. You're not as young as you used to be. Yeah. I mean, I had a period, I mean, maybe it's leveled out for me now, but in my early 40s, I had a run of stuff um, where I got carpal tunnel and my feet were fucked. And if they were both like wrong at the same time, I was like hobbling and I just thought yeah. <laughs> there, there is a long time of being alive to feel like this. If this happened when I was, yeah. Sick, right, I was yeah, like, exactly, exactly. All right. I just steer it in 15 years. You know what yeah. I mean? I had something called plantar fasciitis recently. That's what I had. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I was like, what is this? <laughs> so my ankle went, my eyes went, and I'm like, geez. I don't know, I don't know about you, Nico, but did you find that it's very hard to get sympathy from women generally as a man? Like they generally find it quite funny when we're in pain. Is that a fair? Oh yeah, and and they think that we're weak. Yeah, they don't want to see us being weak, do they? Yeah, 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 and especially you know the man flu thing and uh they say that our pain threshold is lower uh we go to childbirth you guys got it easy kind of thing so yeah definitely man i would say that most women only go through childhood a couple of times in their lifetime right whereas we've been beaten up more we've had footballs kicked us from point blank range what all we've done is we've spread our monthly payments of pain yeah it's acceptable to hit a man we can get hit and we gotta deal with that mate women hit us in the arm if we've said something funny yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you not? Do you know we just say something funny and they go, oh, shut up, you. And you go, I don't understand. What a confusing reaction. I just made you laugh and then you just punch me in the bicep. Yeah. Well, I, at Top Secret, like as well, like <laughs> I was doing the bucket and this woman just comes out and twists my nipple just like that. Can you can you imagine if a bloke did that to <laughs> that is like his, his career would be over if a guy did that to a lady? In fact, he might be in prison. I, I've said for a while on this podcast, everyone just laughs at me, that, that female sort of sexual toxicity towards men and particularly younger men is going to be, at some point, it's going to be a big subject because what you've got is like our generation, we sort of had it good in the 90s. We sort of remember when it was the other way. Mm. But it hasn't been that way for a while, I'd say, for most blokes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're a powerful man and you're George Clooney or you're, running, you're CEO, I'd imagine you managed yeah. to carry it on at least till 2017. <laughs> <laughs> but you see women like with waiters now, you know, and they go, Oh, I wouldn't mind having to go on that. And you go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You realize or, or, or they just go, I love to sit on his face. You know what I mean? Look, like, yeah, just straight up. <laughs> no, women, women, women ob- objectify. And I have to say, I've noticed this in comedy clubs. This is for a long time now. Is when a black male comic comes on stage, there's a reaction from women in the room. I'm like, That is not like they just think, Oh, <laughs> oh here's something for your entertainment for ladies. It's like, no, yeah, it's. Yeah, com- yeah. It's a good, and they would never think of themselves, I'd imagine, as like being. It's crazy. I, I don't know if you know a guy named Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Yeah, he's a stand up, but he's he's a big black guy and muscular, hench, yeah. like proper ripped. And when he goes on stage, the ladies cheer for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, woo! Ah! Cat calls, screaming. Like it's it's crazy. Is- that is such like that is indicative of a viewpoint, right? That is is to use the language of the left problematic, right? They think, oh, this <laughs> yeah, guy, yeah. there's so much going on in there. It's like yeah. say a little little Thai woman come on and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, and all the white men are like, yeah, <laughs> all the old white men perving. So yeah, the football, the football, Nico. There's been. All these issues. Do you notice how, how social media it was, right? England beat Germany and it's wonderful and all that sort of stuff. And then by lunchtime the following day, there's arguments again, right? People are arguing about the way that the England fans celebrated. Because for a lot of people, they had to see a lot of camera shots of white guys in fishermen's hats looking happy. <laughs> and and, and it, it didn't go down well. I mean, the first thing is, I, this is one thing that I thought was out of order. I don't know if you saw it, but the camera, as England would clearly win, they cut to a camera shot of a sort of, I think she's about a seven-year-old German girl crying and her dad consoling her. Mm. I mean, what, what is going on in this tournament with which things they cut to and which things they don't? Surely that's got to raise a red flag. The thing is, I don't know. I think it's okay to cut to that. Yeah. To show the emotions and the passion for the game. Mm. What is not okay is the response with people calling her a slag and a Nazi and that kind of thing. I think is, I think the reaction of yeah. the people who are slating her is the problem. But to cut to that, I I think that's like showing the yeah the how much it means I, how much it means to the people. I the sport. I, I hear you. I guess what you're saying is you know but I don't in, know in itself the decision was okay. I guess. The TV may be like I'm being hard on the TV crew, but they were going, oh, look at that. This just shows what it means to people. Then it goes up on the big screen. They hear loads of cheering. They're like, Fuck, quick, cut to someone older. Cut, to, cut yeah. someone male. Cut to some more white blokes. Let's just let's just not do that again. I mean, mm. I must admit, I like I felt that that was a bit that was a bit bad because the thing is, when England win, you just want to enjoy England winning. What you don't want 
is the opposition to go away with a sense of moral superiority. <laughs> well, they go, mm-hmm. you know, fair but what? So you don't think the ca- cameraman should should show anybody being dejected? I or think that sad? there should be an age threshold for kids. Maybe. Like, you know, we, at the moment, we're trying to uh, kind of get in people's lives in all sorts of ways. What age you should do this, smoke, eat. Let's make an age limit for being cut to at a football match. What age limit should that be, Nico? Or, or are you but, very but, libertarian? But, but, I, I don't know, man. But what if, what if you got kids dancing and being happy at the match? Do you, do you not show that? Good point. Okay, so if Do you happy, not show the youngsters taking pride in their team and you know what I mean I I th- I think you should cut to anything unless it's not you know what I mean like sexual or anything with you know what I mean but showing crying or cheering that's that's part yeah. and part of life man that's I suppose part of life. it's just been weird because like they showed like obviously the guy getting CPR um mm. And then, you know, there was a guy with a really bad injury of, of his shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Covering up injuries or somebody coming close to death or their heart, you know, giving trouble. Yeah. Skip it, that. It is weird when, when you have streakers, though, and they cut away immediately. That should be, you know, for particularly in a boring game, it always pisses me off when they cut away. And you go, come on, man. Like, I've sat with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes. There's a guy with a tiny knob running around. Like, Frankly, I want to see it. <laughs> they do that so that other people don't risk it, uh, you, you know, for the five minutes of fame. That's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah, good yeah that's point. I, you, you show a good understanding of the psyche of fan. I didn't really think about that as a as a disincentive, right? Yeah, if you give him, then he's gonna go home. Yeah, montage. <laughs> yeah, and then the next week, uh, his mate is gonna be like, try and do some, try and outdo him. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys I've seen, it wouldn't be hard to outdo. Because the thing is, from a male point of view, when you streak, right, one of the things that's going to, you know, not reflect well down there is adrenaline, right? (laughs) It's the worst possible time to streak. It's like, I'd rather go on naked attraction, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, at least you can fluff up there, you know what I mean? At least you can fluff. (laughs) Do you think they'll ever do... So I'm bouncing around it, but do you think they'll ever do a celebrity version of naked attraction? Jeez. (laughs) That that they probably would, but I reckon they would um blur stuff for them. You know what I mean? That might be. I mean, the thing is, immediately I can think of people on the circuit that would do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I don't. Those- know, I don't. I don't know anybody. I know there are comedians who like to get naked at the fringe and stuff. Then they do like spank and stuff. That sure, but I don't know. I can't Knowing- say any. Yeah. Well, knowing comedians, it would be only ones that knew they were guaranteed packing heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> comedians would not step into that unless they felt like you know. I, I don't want to. Open. I don't want to open. I don't want to be the first knob. Can you open? I'm, I'm clearly a closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> top secret. Just going back to crowds. Top secret as a gig has has been open again, and it was open in that weird bit last year. Do you remember that weird bit where we could yeah, do yeah, stuff? Yeah. August is that. It's very hard to remember that time. It lasted about a month and a half or something. Do you remember much from that period? It was, and then it was shut right back down. Why do you? Is that because we always knew there'd be another lockdown? Because almost as soon as it started, the numbers started going up again. I don't know why that happened like that, man. But um, everybody was excited, and but we kind of knew. We kind of knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time does feel different, and Top Secret have done that thing where they've got. It's very hard to explain how. They've done it, but because they've got a certain amount of space, they've got massive perspex sheets hanging mm. from the um, hanging from the ceilings that so, divide yeah, yeah, the audience yeah. from each other. And I was amazed, and maybe it's something from a younger generation. I don't know how the older generation of punters have dealt with it, but just how how pliable people are. They they generally go along with it, don't they? Yeah, people, well, I mean, they don't like it, mm. but they accept it. You know what I mean? Because people are like, those screens, man, I can't... Some people say they, they can't see from the back. Yeah. Or, you know... And also for the comedians, it makes the people feel that they're in a booth so they can talk a bit more. Yes. So they, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. No, I And mean, hopefully, that... yeah, they come down. No, and the good thing is, is the fact that you've been... Because a lot of London clubs haven't reopened during this time, have they? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
top secret has been like like in the blitz, mate. Do you know what I mean? You've had the blackout curtains. Yeah. Closed. No, he does a good job. Um, how he seats people as well. Put at the plastic, how he seats people, having the hand sanitizer on the desks and by the bar and everything. <laughs> one thing about hand sand, I've noticed. Why is what is that one? I'm not so top secret, don't have this one. But you know there's that levels. There's the one that just smells like vodka. Fine. You know, it reminds me of vodka, brings back some good memories. Um, there's the other one we did with the posh one, which is like, you know, it has aloe vera in. But what is that one that's got that rank smell in? Like they've harvested like something from a fucking weasel's anal glands. Yeah. You know the, what I mean? When you put it on, you're like, gee, I'd rather have COVID than... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a stinky smell. But the worst for me is the one that's like oily and you're forever yeah. rubbing your hands and it's not going away. It's like, what is this? You know what I mean? This jizz or something. Yeah, yeah, it's got the... You're right, it's got the consistency of jizz. But also, <laughs> yeah. like, people are walking around looking like they're hatching a plan. That'll yeah, be yeah, yeah. an evil know? plan. <laughs> yeah, this is why these kids yeah. will be the most paranoid when they're in therapy in 30 years. They'll be like, Well, it just felt like everyone was hatching a dastardly plot, you know? Yeah. Like it wasn't it wasn't the virus that worried me. I was just <laughs> thinking, what the fuck are they up to? Um, yeah. we got new patrons to announce. So what I do with these is I read out their names and we try and sort of decide who they sound like. Leslie Ann Brown just sounds like a recording artist, don't you think? Nah, that's not enough pizzazz on that. But the, did Leslie Ann Brown, like if it's Leslie, Leslie Ann Brown just gives it a bit of bounce featuring mm. Skepta? Nah, I don't know. No, more, more head of HR? It's, it's too a generic. She's an office admin person. What about if we if we punched up to Leslie Annalise Brown? Like that's got yeah, so that's many better. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, that's, that's better. We got a David there. Whenever there's just a one name, I always presume that they work in some sort of woke environment that they can't tell me their surname. So do we mm. want to speculate where David works? I often think university, maybe civil service. David, but David is still kind of like a a lad's name. You know what I mean? He's Dave. still a Dave. You know what I mean? He could be a Dave so, at the weekends. Yeah, he's a Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe he works at the Guardian. So next one is Zoe Green. She could be like a recording artist on, on no, that. that's a, yeah, yeah, that's a, it's got pizzazz, Zoe. She could just be Zoe. Just Zoe, yeah. so great. And she'd have a, like a little Avril Lavigne vibe going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a nice girl thing. Julius Hills, Julius Hill. Sounds like. That sounds like a corporate lawyer. She could be like a, <laughs> an associate at a law firm. That is exactly uh, Julius Hill. Julius yeah, Hill, yeah. runners. Hi, yeah, exactly. He's actually in Saudi uh, at the moment. And you could speak to, I'm going to say the next guy is, is his next in command, a guy called Matt Wynn. Yeah, Matt yeah, yeah. Wynn. Hills and Wynn. Hills yeah, and Wynn. Yeah, it's, it's Julius's company, but Matt Wynn is his, is his yeah, company. Yeah. And, man. and then I would say even the third name after that is just a guy that's put himself down as Kevin McPee, who's mm. their, he's their Scottish attack dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things get tricky in the in the boardroom. So welcome all those new patrons. Obviously it keeps the podcast weekly and ad free. You get patron only episodes. And I can't stress this enough on the 2nd of July, I'll be streaming my last stand up tour and our version of taking liberties. And that is uh, free to all patrons. Obviously, if you want to scale up your donation briefly, you don't have to do it forever. Just remember to cancel it, but you already give me money. So you don't have to do it. It would just be if you feel like doing it. And that will be from the 2nd of July. Uh, last week, the cuss count was as follows. There were, it was really low. There was What's only, the cuss count? So the cuss count is how many swear words in an, ep- are in an episode. Do you want to, want to know yours from oh, last okay. time you were on? Yeah, go for it. I can tell you where you were on the leaderboard. Instinctively, you don't feel like a big swearer. So I'm just calling it up on the computer. Where would you want to be, Nico? You want to be... What would you see as being good? Maybe you see having few swears as being a positive thing. What's the top? Uh, the top is uh, Romesh. Romesh has been on twice, and he's also averaging uh, 26.5 an episode. That is... 26.5? I want to be down to, like, four. Four. You are one one swear, one appearance, one swear. So oh, that's great. So where you, where you take this now is you're you're at the sort of virtuous end of the table. There, there's going to be trophies for both. 
right? <laughs> so you don't want to be as mid-table, right? You either want to be an Olympic-level yeah. swearer or you right. want to be a guy that can do, deal without it. Yeah. No, what happened, I, I put out my... um. I put out like a special, my YouTube special, yeah, um, Beijing in Britain, and I put that out on YouTube, and I was watching it back, and I realized, like, I was cussing too much for my liking. Yeah. And I think when you cuss in stand-up, it's kind of a crutch. It is. You know what I mean? It, it, it can add extra laughs that you don't necessarily deserve. So I want to try and do my next special with no cussing whatsoever just you know that would be impressive i think you're right it can be a crutch it can for me it can also be a comma um mm. when i do this podcast i'll often go and it was fucking uh fuck, i don't know if that's a south, <laughs> if that's a south london thing yeah, where you yeah, get, yeah. the old fucking what's the fucking thing i could get like four into one sentence where i was yeah. confused but that is probably the lowest it's been for a while 0.38 swears a minute but there was, of course, within that was the free chapter from the audio book of Where Did I Go Right? How the Left Lost Me. It's still free. Download it if you can. Uh, obviously, buy the book in hardback if you haven't bought it yet. And those reviews that you're leaving, uh, especially on Amazon, but wherever you're leaving them, are having an impact. So just before we get to the first main story, uh, a thank you and a fuck you. Obviously, you don't have to say fuck you, Nico, if you're wanting to preserve mm-hmm. this kind of... Uh, holy approach to discourse but what what would you nominate as an act of sort of gratitude and a gripe this week gratitude um i like the people who are pushing back against the official narrative the mainstream narrative those people who go out there and say no we don't agree with the lockdowns or blah 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 those people so shout out to those people that get online and don't buy everything the mainstream media is pushing. Well, there was a, there was another march, wasn't there, last Saturday? And a lot of people would say, well, well lockdown's over, guys. Just get in a pub. What are you arguing about? Yeah. And to that, I would say, well, it's a pub that I have to book for. It's a mm-hmm. pub that I can only sit in for an hour and a half before I have to leave. Now, a lot of people might say, well, you know, that's not too much of an income, you know, an imposition. But in a way... The fact that people think that just shows how used we've got to to giving up our liberties. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's sad, man. Do you know what? We're going to be talking about health secretaries and approaches like that. So we might come back to that in the next section. But uh, what would your fuck you be? Who's been winding you up? Um, Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Blocking every... And you can't say anything questioning even like the safety of vaccines or if you put up anything vaccine related, it gets censored, it gets blocked, shadow, shadow blocked, or, or they put a, you know, a sticker on it saying click here for the actual information. You saw all that bullshit is like, yeah. It is incredible that the Ofcom changed their rules for Mm. this period of time, you know, in relation to how, you circulate information. Now, a lot of people had sympathy for why, but that, again, it's a big deal moment. It's like breaking a threshold, isn't it? Yeah. Saying that if we think that there's something of a certain level of national importance, we can actually regulate the language in and around it. And yeah. you you might know, a lot of people in comedy will know of this story of on, on a topical show. I won't name the comic, but the comic made a joke that was alluding to the idea of, well, I'm not going to take a vaccine. I'll see how they go with everybody else. And then within within the commercial break of that show, Channel commissioners, everyone had rung in and said that comic has now got to backtrack on what they said. Mm. Right? Just a joke. Yeah. It was yeah, just yeah. a fucking joke, you know. So there is a it's a scary world, you know, because people would often say, Well, I find it scary disinformation. We go, I, well, I or, or I find the pandemic or, or COVID scary, but there's been a lack of understanding for how scary people find living in an authoritarian state. Yeah, the fact that like literally anything, you 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 say, well, hey, look at the adverse effects that that these people had. Yeah, and it could be even from an official report. People be like, oh, that's spreading the wrong message. You you, that's not you know what I mean. Um, that's not what, what what's the word they use? What's the word? On, on message? No, there's a word for it, man. That's not. I can't remember. But anyhow. They basically say that's not the message we want to be sending. Yeah, it's 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 irresponsible to to 
put the adverse effects out there. Why is that irresponsible? People should know that some people do have adverse, re- uh, you know, reactions and let them. Another thing is that I don't understand if you got all this equipment and all this testing ability, why can't the people who have had it already show, listen, I've got the antibodies, you know, why do I need to get vaccinated? I've got the antibodies and I feel that having the antibodies and then having the vaccine on top of that might cause something. We don't know. But let me show. I've got the antibodies. I've had it. I've recovered. I have s- some level of immunity that I'm willing to live with. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know a person like that, a, a, a male friend in my early 40s, and he's made that decision, right? He had yeah. So his logic was he'd had the virus. It didn't affect him too badly and you know he felt that he'd had the antibodies then he got it again and it it wasn't as bad second time and he's just thought well on balance i I don't feel like i need to have it but the the sort of reaction that he's faced with in his his family and his friends yeah this does sound like i'm talking about me by the way it's not (laughs) i'm too like the moment it was like well if you've got one you might be able to go to ibiza i was like stick that in my arm i've got no principles but on balance i am pro vaccination right Mm. i also agree with you that there's a moral evangelism about it and it just sort of squares with the the kind of social media mood of the age where there's this there's this line right where there's this thing and on one side is all the goodies and on the other side is all the baddies and and i think that it just it sort of reinforces people's desire to look in darker and further corners of the internet because that their views aren't being serviced in in mainstream media and yeah and and yeah you go ahead well, and, and to have questions about a vaccine, a new vaccine, isn't like an out there sort of, yeah. sort of mad bastard view, sort of tinfoil hat. I think that's a reasonable thing to ask as we proceed. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Even the slightest questioning, the slightest rational questioning of it. Yeah. You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're an anti-vaxxer. No, we just want a bit more information. People well, just want to, and then you look at how they're putting stickers on your posts. Um, oh, click here for actual information from the NHS website, or yeah. the fact that Instagram has vaccination little um, badges you can put on your stories and whatnot. It makes you wonder, like, why is this being done for this? You know what I mean? For this particular vaccination why why is it being pushed so hard in every corner and people start yeah congratulate people wanting congratulation and getting congratulation for having a vaccine has been fucking weird when they offered me a sticker as i come out of that thing it was one of my surprising moments in my adult life i just heard about the stickers but i thought it was a joke Mm-hmm. And I was like looking behind me. I was like, sorry, I, th- I think there must be some eight year olds getting their measles <laughs> thing because I'm yeah, yeah, a yeah. fucking fully grown man. Yeah, who, exactly. Who has weighed up two things and come down on one side. Mm-hmm. I don't need a, but then again, if they'd have said they had sweets, I'd have gone, actually, I'd be quite fancy a sweet. Listen, man, we best jump into the first uh, big topic here. And we're just mopping up the last of the Matt Hancock story and looking at our new health secretary. <laughs> So eventually, when we last, I think I just about caught caught the Matt Hancock story last Friday and then over the weekend. There's a classic thing that they do at the moment, the Conservative Party. They seem to want to get the most sort of negative stuff out of a story before they then do the right thing. And that is lost in the mix. So Matt Hancock, as we all know, I mean, let's just remind ourselves because it was one of the funniest things that's ever happened. Is we first saw a photo of him copying hold of his uh, of his aid, one of those tabloid words that never gets used outside of newspapers. They had a steamy clinch again, another word that you know it's it's like romp and and sex trist, all these words. No normal people say this. And then we saw the video. Now is it, is it trist? A sex trist or something. I thought all my life I thought it was like trist. You're probably right. <laughs> I've been pronouncing it wrong. Oh, but this shit. is the problem, Nico, is that I've only ever seen that written down. I've never had yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, We're yeah. all finding it's out stuff today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we saw the video. And I think I, I tried to put out a warning on Twitter saying, look, if you haven't seen it yet, you just like, it's like two girls, one cup. You don't have to watch this. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to do it. But we're all dirty bastards, aren't we? We've got, uh, did you watch the video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Did you feel, yeah. how did you feel afterwards? Because I felt like I'd lost respect for myself and them. <laughs> I don't know, my, my my main thing was like, does he not know there's a camera outside his office? That was my main thought. Yeah. It's like, dude. But, you, but do men make good decisions when when somebody who's probably two divisions above them is 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 amenable do we men generally especially someone like Hancock who you get the impression you get yeah I know I yeah I know at uni he wasn't getting much gal but still yeah 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 so he's gonna take whatever comes his way but still man he he gotta be able to see that camera unless it's, it's a hidden camera that was specifically installed to catch him. You know well, what there I mean? Is, there so is, I don't know. There is that security dimension of it, and people quite legitimately brought it up. But the problem was it was so funny that we did we sort of forgot about that element. Mm. And he went for the the arse grab. And yeah. someone pointed out to me, the arse grab, like, you don't ever see that in programs. So when when a drama or even porn is trying to show something erotic, it'd mm. be a slap, maybe. You know, you don't mm. ever just see a good old fashioned nineteen seventies. But right. but but his was kind of a gentle ass grab. It wasn't a you know pull the cheeks apart ass grab. It was still <laughs> a very still a very um, Englishman's ass grab. You know what I mean? But he is. Do you know what probably happened? He's like you know you get these guys on the circuit, and you get guys on the circuit that had a, a sort of like a, a reasonable experience of getting women when they were younger. But some guys, this is the first time they've ever had any power in a room. And it is yeah. like they're making up for lost time. So he, I don't think this is going to be the last for him. But yeah. the things I think, Boris should have pulled the trigger. He just looked weak. I mean, it, it reinforced the idea of one rule for them, one for everybody else. But no, <laughs> did you not see that um, viral video with somebody superimpose the Matt Hancock footage on like a, I think it was a football game. Yes, yeah. And Boris cheering it on. Go on, <laughs> like he scored. I mean, he was, and the fact that he left his, he, apparently the son informed him and he then quickly got in there first, said to his wife, oh, by the way, I'm leaving you, I'm, I'm having an affair. Like absolute legendary piece of shit. Hall of Fame arsehole. Wait, 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 he's leaving the wife? Yeah, left her, like when they, when they told him the story's breaking, he immediately got in there and said, oh, I'm going to be, you know, like I've got to do the right thing here. Or, you know, in other news, the Sun are going to be posting a photo of me doing an arse grab on a national paper tomorrow. He, I mean, he... Oh, I, did, I didn't know he left the wife. I didn't yeah, know yeah. well, that, that detail, again, got sort of uh, overlooked. But do you reckon as well, like, you know, because the excitement of doing that, both for him and her, now it's blown over. I I would think he ain't health secretary no more. He's just like the MP for Chesterton and Wirral on the nave or whatever it is, right? And so she wakes up and then then she's looking at this guy. You know, in, do you remember Superman 2 where he voluntarily gives up his powers? I can't remember that. So in Superman I, 2, I, yeah. he and Lois Lane has started getting it on because she's finally realised that, oh, yeah, the, that guy that looks exactly the same as the guy in glasses is the same bloke. And then he voluntarily at the Fortress of Solitude goes, oh, I, I want to be a normal man to live as a normal man. And then immediately afterwards, he gets beat up in a diner. And you can tell that Lois is like, going, mm, I kind of preferred the super thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and without the context, it's not going to be as exciting, is it? Like he's left yeah, exactly. his life. He's no longer yeah. health secretary. Yeah. Yeah, she probably, you, you reckon she look at all the memes and stuff? You reckon... She's on social media looking at the memes and stuff. Yeah, but the thing is, well, one thing that she's going to see is because this is what this country's like, is everyone going, she's all right as it goes, you know? Like she's, actually, she's actually all right. It's, it's, it's the same way, like the ability of this country to tune in to just like a good backside. When, when, um, <laughs> when Kate Middleton married, married uh, what's his name? I can't, William, right? When she yeah. married William. We're all, we're all geared up. First royal wedding for years. What was the country discussing most of the day? Pippa Middleton's Pippa, backside. Pippa's ass, yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. It almost got mm. like 50-50 coverage. Yeah. So I think, that, I think that she... And it was just an average backside. I don't know, you know man. I mean? I mean, it was it was it was strange. Can you imagine her family as well that day? Going, well, that felt like it went well. Let's uh, let's have a look at the tabloids. See how our family has been portrayed. <laughs> 
what we end up with out of this is we end up with Sajid Javid as health secretary. Now, I've got to be honest, as a conservative, I feel like a lot of the sensible conservatives have been kind of like shuffled out recently. This guy's experienced as a health secretary, as I was mentioned earlier, he might be a bit more lockdown skeptic, like straight away, he's kind of like, we need to get back to normal as soon as possible. Whereas I got, I got the impression that Matt Hancock kind of enjoyed going, guys, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best, can't promise anything. Whereas Sav, Sajid is a fiscal conservative who's gone, no, we need to reopen fully. But this is, isn't this the stance he has to take? Isn't his hand kind of forced because the people kind of have had enough? Because remember, it was meant to be two weeks ago or whatever, this was meant to end. Yeah. So if they push back again, I think even some of the staunchest pro-lockdown people are going to be like, nah, you know what, fuck this. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, it might trigger that. If people have been holding on to a level of faith in the government, mm. we might all, all still start getting out of tinfoil hats. If yeah. what they said was we got to break the connection between infections. And I must say, like, the continuing tendency of the press to call infections cases, like mm. it's blatantly not cases. These aren't, they, they do not qualify as cases. They said, we've got to break the connection between infections and hospitalizations and deaths. We've, we've blatantly fucking done that, right? We've yeah. absolutely done that. So if they don't do it now, I may, I'm, I might be, uh, I might be at one of those marches, you know what I mean? With my smiley hat badges. Knocking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. about with Piers Corbyn. Um, mm. But I think Sajid is, is, is a good appointment. And then as we're recording this, it is the, it's the by-election for Batley and Spen. And it looks like Labour are going to lose. I mean, I think, you know, it seems fairly nailed on, but let's see how it goes. And then the question after that will be, should Keir Starmer go? Now, on the one hand, he's had to be leader in during a pandemic and on the other two by-election losses and he's really boring as well yeah <laughs> this the state of labor that this is the most like like the conservatives are fucking up all over the place and and labor can't get a look in <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about the state of that party man well this is what i was thinking right was where there's a lot of conservatives including me that are frustrated with the party's performance but they're the only game in town on the right do you know what I mean? Like, especially yeah. since Brexit party don't exist now, UKIP are no longer a political force. There's no other option. So you go, a lot of people go, well, I don't understand how you can still vote Conservative, Jeff. You go, well, because I am right of centre, right? So I'm always going to, on balance, going to go for that option if it exists, even if it's imperfect. Imper but on the left, people can kind of bounce around between Labour, Lib Dems. Lib Dems. Yeah. The Green Party, if they're really fucking, mm. you know what I mean? If they're really sandal wearing and... <laughs> but, but, but that's a problem for the left, isn't it? People will move their vote around based on what makes them feel better, right? Yeah, the, the, the yeah. What, what issues, me, yeah. What gives me the more greatest sense of moral certainty? And on that note, they did a poll of Labour, potential next Labour leaders, right? And uh, Yvette Cooper came top with 31%. Um, but in there was an old favourite of the shows was Rebecca Long-Bailey, who I said looked like a primary school teacher, because I could just imagine everybody going, good morning, Mrs. Long Bailey. Mm. And she got 11%, right? So she went for the leadership last time, got spanked by Starmer. But there's 11% of Labour members that are thinking that after this last year, they're looking at her and going, do you know, I would have done a cracking job here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one that lost... Got yeah. absolutely creamed. Do you know the one that looks like a, a, a sort of pretty decent primary school teacher? I'm not talking the really little ones. We're talking mm. year six. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Labour, the, the Tories, it could well be that despite Hancock going, right, despite all the PPE stuff and all the cronyism, is that the Tories could win tonight. And then, as you say, July the 19th, we have Freedom Day. They'll make a massive fuss of it. England win Euro 2020. We're doing all right at the Olympics. <laughs> You well, this I mean? is the best chance. And if we win it, we'll have all these positive things happening. You could soon find that after everything, the next YouGov poll will say Conservatives plus 60. A little hype here. So, Nico, you got anything you want to hype yourself, mate? Obviously, you've got your special still online. Yeah, just mainly watch the special 
online on YouTube, Bajan in Britain. And yeah, that's it. That's the main thing. And, and you come know, down to Top Secret. And Top Top Secret, you're often down there uh, performing. And, and your Instagram as well. You got you seem to know how to do Instagram, and I do not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Instagram is, is it's a tricky one, but I find it easier to get followers on there than on Twitter. Well, that's the thing. Now you join this 40-year-old middle-aged men club, mate. You'll find that your Instagram following will grow at an even slower rate because I don't think it's, <laughs> it's not for us. It's not for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Patreons, I already gave a shout-out for the Patreons, but this is for Richard Pelly uh, saying a happy birthday to his wife, Emma. Uh, that's my wife's name as well. Uh, who knows? She could be living a double life. But his missus is going to be 50. I don't know if he was supposed to tell me that, but uh, I'm sure she's in very good nick. <laughs> Uh, on the 7th of July 2021 and she gave him Richard the Patreon subscription uh, for his birthday and yeah there it is I hope you have a fantastic day on the 7th of July I don't know if England are playing or whatever or if you even support England but uh, happy birthday to Emma just a reminder that the tour my tour is going to be I mean look come on it's happening it's not it's not just the football that's coming home it's stand up is stand up is coming home, and that will be starting. I blame the parents from the first of September. A lot of venues already sold out, and um, venues like Leeds, Milton Keynes, uh, Northampton is now going to be quite close to selling out. Barnstable, get in there, and it'll be good to see you out there. So there's a story. Just quickly, we're going to do this. There's a story about Oxfam, who, as we know. Um, in their desire to help the world and less privileged people have been involved in a string of sexual misconduct charges in the mm. third world. Well, you got to think like, God, you had one job, uh, including in Haiti in 2018. So they decided to do a questionnaire for their... Uh, all, all, all of these charities get involved in that dodgy shit, man. Even Red Cross was um, in Haiti as well. The Red Cross was... Um, they had some abuse, sex, sexual abuse stuff as well. I mean, it's the worst moral thing, isn't it? Like these, like, is it some sort of like lads on tour thing? I mean, it's the last thing that you'd expect from charities to go into. I mean, Haiti is a properly underprivileged country, yeah. and then they're all sort of taking taking liberties, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've decided, like, obviously, this could be this could be quite damaging to Oxfam, right? Just a little mm-hmm. bit, you know. We're supposed to be helping people, not kind mm-hmm. of having them as a side piece. Um, so they've done this questionnaire for their uh, their global sort of their UK employees, and among it, there were a number of questions that they asked that put people's backs up. First up, they asked, uh, like, are you non-racist, anti-racist, or neither? Which, I so first, I've got to say, if you're working for Oxfam, I, I'm not thinking you're high up the kind of profile of a racist person, right? <laughs> That's crazy, man. Non-racist. <laughs> it's like them um, forms. Um, at the airport, have you been? Are you a part of a terrorist organization? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone yeah. ever said that is exactly? Yeah, that is exactly it. No, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a problem with racism. Is no one ever admits it? You mm. do think that sometimes. So even when like like a commentator says like a blatantly racist word, someone like bullies like someone in their in their workplace with racist language. They always come out and say, see, the thing is, I'm the I'm the least racist person in the world. You go, all right, you're not the least. <laughs> you're certainly, and, and the thing is, like, you get certain far right figures, and you think, if they're not going to admit they're racist, is anybody, I mean, look, yeah. I wouldn't approve of it, but it'd be sort of refreshing if just <laughs> once someone come out and went, yeah, I am actually disgustingly mm. racist. you got to take your hat to the Ku Klux Klan guys. You know what I mean? Like they really get out in front of it, don't they? They, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But even they wear hoods, fucking cowards. Mm -hmm. No one admits they're racist. This is one of the problems now. And then also in the survey, they defined whiteness as the overarching preservation of power and domination for the benefit of white people. Mm. Now, again, I would say that whiteness has involved those things, but to define all whiteness. Under those yeah, terms, yeah, it's you know it's not the only point of whiteness. Yeah, we also like classic car rallies, right? But that's that's the thing. It's like when you say these blanket statements, you then turn the people, you turn some people who were on the right side 
to be like, what the fuck? Like, and make them now question, if you're gonna label me a racist and I don't even think like that or be like that, but you're including that, me in that, you know, generalization, some of them might be like, well, fuck it. I might as well, you know, go on, do some racist shit. It does turn people, some people, against it you know what i mean it certainly reduces their motivation to do the right thing as well remember yeah remember as a teacher right when i used to accuse like inaccurately accuse a kid of having done something Mm. the amount of times that they would then go on to do something and i think that if you're talking to a predominantly i presume left of center progressive employee base as oxfam i think it must be quite shocking that there's there's a question there that even sort of seems to presume that this exists now what they're doing is it's overcorrection, isn't it? It's because people high up have done something bad and then yeah. to try and make themselves feel good. I do wonder, Nico, how much of this stuff, right, all, all this progressive stuff that's happening in corporations is because sort of 50-year-old white guys are just terrified of being made redundant before they hit mm. their pension age. Yeah. But I, a lot of this stuff, man, is also to just keep society divided, man. A lot of these things like how you you go on twitter and just people just fall for it you know um it's black versus white it's straight versus gay you know you got brexit versus remain you you got anti-vax versus vax and it's just to keep all of us divided and you know people just shouting at each other that's what i think i think there are some elites who are just you know playing us like puppets and we fall for it every time. You, you you look at the headlines, what they do. They don't put a headline that we all could agree on. They, they're going to put a headline that's going to be divisive. And that's their playbook. Yeah, yeah. You, ne- you, back never in the see, day. you never see a nuanced headline. That's a really good yeah. point. Like, yeah. yeah. You've never seen a headline that contains the words. But on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So things are bad, a lot of these bad. things are just to... Uh, keep us fighting against each other is there a danger right in that you know one of the 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 sort of impacts of the discourse around race now is everyone's more conscious of their race right mm. and you get a, you get white people that haven't really thought about their whiteness a lot that mm. suddenly like are starting to develop like a white identity now for some people it could make them more progressive but for some people like you say i wonder if there's like a borderline where people that would otherwise have been fairly neutral start to think of themselves as like something, you know, like that needs to be sort of defended. You know, you think yeah, about yeah. a lot a lot of these kind of, uh, these kind of Trump types in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are just ourselves, but like some of them maybe have been like mismanaged, maybe. That's mm-hmm. what I'm sort of saying. Yeah, you are going to get people who are going to push back and go the opposite way and be like, you know what? We are the oppressed now. So we need to bond together. And I, I don't think language like that really helps. Like that Oxfam thing, I, I don't think that's going to help in the long run. Yeah, all that I understand. Is- I understand what they're trying to do. And yeah, things should be more fair and whatnot. Um, but that, that, that language to me isn't going to get the, you know, the outcome that they want. I think I'd tend to agree, man. I think that what most people think is it would be just useful if people paid to do charitable work in the third world weren't fucking the people they're supposed to be helping. Exactly. Amen to that. Uh, so just one letter we're going to talk about here. This is from Ruby. Uh, she says, hi, Jeff. I get worried about celebrating the wrong things in history, but how far back do we take this? The Romans were massive colonialists who built an entire empire on the back of military invasions, subjugation of people and cultures, and were pretty big on the old slave trade as well. Do we cancel everything Roman? And she goes on to make a couple of other points here. I mean, it's just an interesting point, isn't it? When we talk about stuff that we can either joke about or be okay with, what what is the statute of limitations? Is there like a number of years where stuff's relevant? You know, because Britain hasn't been invaded, what, for a thousand years now? I guess, I suppose if I'm trying to put my liberal hat on, is are there surviving negative consequences? Is that, is that the acid test? Like I can I can maybe laugh about the Romans because 
I do have an ancestor that was probably battered by some Roman soldier, but it's so long ago, I can't really make the connection. But no, man, because like you can make jokes about World War II, can't you? You can, can that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think, yeah, how soon is too soon? I, I, I don't know, but obviously you can, it, it, it depends on the angle of the joke as well, because you can make a joke about some, something that happened yesterday. You can go and make jokes about Hancock. You can go and make jokes about, but, but it's the angle and the intent of the joke. So it's like, um, we were talking about like, Bill Cosby. They're going to be Bill Cosby jokes coming out because he got his conviction overturned. We just, should we say, no, let's wait till he's been out. You know what I mean? So you, it, it depends on the angle of the joke and the intention of it. That is the thing, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky area. And in terms of jokes and how too soon is too soon, it's a constant challenge of comedy. And people talk about dark jokes and stuff like now as though it's this new phenomenon. I don't know about wh where, where you were, but when I was a kid, fucking hell, like, do you remember the stuff that go around the playground? You think, how the hell has it got to the playground within a day? Like, there were big catastrophes in this country, like, like ferries sinking and stuff like that in the 80s. And then the playground the next day, there were there were jokes about it, yeah, and that was before social media. So I don't know if these were like these were like four early early forerunners of people who generate viral content. There's just <laughs> some guy sending out facts with some dark joke about Gary Glitter on it. Hey, listen, Nico, yeah. so great to have you back on the show, mate. No, no, thanks for having me. We, we've both been pushed for time here, so I'll read out the iTunes reviews. Uh, next week and catch up with those. But as I say, check out Nico's uh, Instagram. Got great content on YouTube. You can see him uh, down at Top Secret. And Nico, thanks very much for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it.